0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean Laughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And Maddie is still in India. Or I, I think, think, she's, she, in Bali, yeah, I think yeah, she's in Bali. I think she's in Bali now. Thing. She decided to take a little extra time after the Goal Conference to um, do a little traveling and, and get some cultural experiences. I think... For Justin and myself, we were ready for me home. We were ready for a cheeseburger. Yeah, we're we're home buddies for sure. But today's episode was recorded at the Goal Conference, just like the last one was. We were lucky enough to sit down with Mike Forbes, who is from Ace Aquatech, and Ace Aquatech won the Aquaculture Innovation Challenge at the Goal Conference. It's an award that we give out every year. Maddie kind of explains it a little bit during the episode. I need to apologize because my voice was really <laughs> shot. <laughs> it was uh, the end of the gold conference when we recorded this. It was after the gala, which was very loud, and we did a lot of talking, and I just didn't have much of a voice anymore. And your your voice sounds pretty good.
1: I'm a little sidetracked because I know our viewer, our listeners can't see us right now, but it is Halloween. <laughs> Sean is wear, What do you what do you call that thing? It's a snuggie. A snuggie. I'm wearing a snuggie, but it's in the theme of.
0: It's a Halloween Snuggie. It's Jack
1: Skellington. That's right. There it's you Jack go. Skellington So, the hoodie. so It's you, got a you, hood,
0: And you are currently wearing the hoodie, <laughs> so you look like
1: one of those Death Eaters from Harry Potter, and I am wearing a set of binoculars and some glasses that have no lenses, yeah. because I'm Where's Waldo, so...
0: Yeah, we're, rec- we're obviously a- recording this intro after the Gold Conference when we're back in the States, and it is Halloween, and so we're being festive, and we're wearing costumes in the office, so it's kind of funny to take each other <laughs> seriously.
1: Yeah, I was... Uh, I managed through. I was just holding a camera for most of the uh conference and didn't have to use my voice that much.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it's the gala that really destroyed my voice because there are I don't folks in the seafood industry, if you've been in the seafood industry for a little while, you probably understand it, but you know, we're we're not young necessarily a, a ton of young hip people, but seafood people can party. And the gala turned into a big dance party and everyone was dancing and there was loud music, they had a DJ there and so all of our voices were pretty uh pretty shot after that. So that's why we sound the way that we do. Mike, always the professional, didn't lose his voice and he sounds great. Yeah. Um, but we were in an open area with a lot of noise in the background. So it's not the greatest sound quality, but it does. I think you can hear us fine. And I think I think you'll still get a lot out of this conversation. It's really cool. What Ace Aquatec does is they invented something called in-water electric stunning, which is a way to...
1: Stun the fish before it gets process
0: stun the fish yeah before it's handled and it helps reduce stress and you know there's different ways that people do this they do, they have done dry electric stunning there's a lot of different ways that people can kind of make the fish easier to handle but this has been shown so far to be one of the most humane methods and and really effective and so they won the innovation award yep. for that so the industry
1: appreciates it and, and voted and, and he won so it's yeah it's like so we said maddie thing. kind of
0: explains how it works it was kind of a crowdsourced voting system on the spot through yep. polling at Goal Conference and everyone had a chance to give a presentation on their technology. And this was the one that everyone thought, you know, deserves the award. And we were lucky enough to sit down with Mike afterwards and have a really cool conversation. So enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy it. Let us know what you think. You can email us at podcast at AquacultureAlliance.org. Find us on Twitter at AquademiaPod or give us a call one 384 3560 to leave us a voicemail. All right, let's get into it. uh sitting down with mike forbes today here at goal conference 2019 in chennai india mike is the Uh, head of sales and marketing head of sales and marketing almost someday (laughs) at ace Aquatech, and he was here to accept the award for the aquaculture innovation award
2: yeah it's pretty cool so every year at the goal conference we have our three top finalists for the aquaculture innovation award come to goal and then we the, each of the three presents their innovation to the entire goal audience, and then there's live audience polling on who's who gets to win the award. And Mike actually won the award Woo-hoo! yesterday.
3: Congratulations, yeah, thanks,
0: guys! It's very
2: exciting.
0: Yeah, all three, all, the top three were super impressive. But I think Asakutek definitely had the wow factor over the other two that that was able to to grab that award because it's something that is very visual and and. I think a lot of people in the industry are going to be really, really excited about this. So, can you give us a quick rundown on the wet stunning? What is what is it called? I can never remember what it's called.
3: Yeah, you're pretty close. Uh, in water electric stunning. In
0: water electric stunning. So yeah, give us a rundown. Well, you know what? First, let's go back and let's talk about you. Where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are? And then, what are you doing now?
3: Yeah, good question. So um, it's probably a bit of a different one for me personally from the company, but maybe I would do Ace Aquatech first because it's a bit of a varied background there. You do you, man. You okay, do you. well, I'm fine if you're insisting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've also got a bit of a varied background. In terms of aquaculture, I've only really been in that space for a couple of years. Before that, I used to work for a people development company and doing similar roles that I do at Ace Aquatech, but the customers there would be people like your Google, BP, or the NHS in the UK, so quite a different audience from the people we're dealing with now. <laughs> and before that, uh, I worked for years with Tesco, a big retailer in the oh, UK, okay, yep. um, who are the biggest retailer in the UK, and um, probably one of the biggest globally actually, in fact. And my main role there was uh, helping look at their customer complaints, any customer comments that came through, and then feeding that back into people throughout the business to let them know You know, what could be what the company could be doing better? uh, What are the kind of things you might not be aware of from just some of the interactions they had with customers on a one to one basis that you wouldn't necessarily see when you bring them all together?
0: So, how'd you end up at Ace Aquatech?
3: So, the company I was at before was based in Dundee, Scotland, which is where I live. And I was looking for something just to maybe help me grow a bit more. And I was looking for something where there's maybe a smaller business who is doing something really exciting more in the technology space. And this company, I saw Ace Aquatech, who had been developing these products that, you know, being in Dundee, I wasn't necessarily aware of at the time, but I was starting to see some, some news stories about, seeing some a bit of information coming out there of something that I didn't really know, but was curious about. And then, so when I saw his role come up with him and they were looking to grow the company, um, I thought it seemed like a really good ideal opportunity. So uh, it was essentially when I started, there was essentially one person running the company, um, Nathan Pinecarter, who's our managing director. And he'd essentially grown his company over the course of several years, almost running out of an office in his back garden, uh, getting it to a really good stage of actually operating with the entire Scottish industry and having all the Scottish companies as long-term customers at that point. Wow. But that was only when I started I found out that Nathan had actually been doing that for maybe about five or six years at that point. Uh, the company was started by John Ace Hopkins and his wife, Annette Pinecarter. And he was a sort of stereotypical uh, kind of inventor sort of tinkering with things in the garage and actually playing around with some different technologies and finding what worked. You started with different predator deterrents, help keeping fish safe from seals and sea lions on sites.
0: Yeah, so I was going to say, we did a little research on the website and it looked like a lot of the stuff that was on there was focused on predator deterrents for farms, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's probably... It's been a, definitely our oldest product and something we've got had the most success with to date. And it's something that, like with water Electric Stunning, it really just came from, I think John at the time, just seeing a problem that existed that wasn't really being dealt with and he thought it was probably the best way. And really... Like everything we're doing, I've probably not really talked about, it, it comes down from a welfare point of view. and Just trying to do things from a, a sustainable aquaculture perspective. And so when he was looking at what happened with seals at that time, even the deterrents that existed from an acoustic point of view, they were often operating on maybe a one sound frequency, which over time was just not being effective and it was, could cause problems for seals' hearing. And so he thought, well, why does it need to be that way? Um, you know, we should be able to do something different for that.
0: Yeah, I know with a lot of different predator deterrents, I used to talk about this, I used to teach this section actually at the um, auditor Where, training course, oh, yeah. not the auditor That's training right, course yep. for BAP. And there's a really interesting graph that we have, and maybe I can dig it up or find it from PI, um, showing a, a number of different deterrents, anything from scarecrows to gas cannons, and you know, everything in between, and showing their effectiveness and how every single one of them just gradually just dips down because whatever the, pre- the predator realizes Figures that out. Yeah. I'm not actually in danger <laughs> they just you know they'll figure it out and then they'll introduce something else and then shoot back up and then they'll get it's just it's really interesting how something is never going to always work forever you know that's just, just yeah. the trend for sure
3: yeah we we saw we saw a mix of devices some which like you're saying predators can just figure out yeah. as in they go oh i don't need to be scared of this or i don't need to avoid this and then you see some that they necessarily don't necessarily have a, a choice of learning of learning so some devices that were playing sounds were could say deafen them over a certain frequency because it was playing that one frequency the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't hear that anymore, which is bad for the seal and you know, it just makes the device Good. useless as well. Inhumane. Yeah. So what what we did, and I say we, uh, generously well, it doesn't really include me, you know, I can't take any credit <laughs> it for the people's now. work. It does here. <laughs> it does now, yeah. You can include yourself in there. Okay, I'll take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you're the one that's here. Hey, you have the mic, you can say whatever.
3: That's
1: you
0: right.
3: <laughs> um, no, so what the guys working on this did was they looked developed something that was over a much wider sound frequency. Um, so they went to people who are experts in acoustic technology, which weren't necessarily aquaculture people. So they went with people who actually developed sonar equipment and said, look, we've got these ideas for aquaculture. We've developed some, some of it ourselves, but we need people that can take that a step further. So we developed these first acoustic deterrents, which can help essentially create a wider frequency spread so our what's called a us3 it's our mid frequency device uh, operates between 10 and 20 kilohertz which is a much wider range other devices were typically operating i think it was at 12.3 or 12.8 kilohertz but it was, it was one narrow frequency and essentially not varying from that mm-hmm. and so ours randomly modulates up and down throughout that frequency so you're never just blasting one sound and therefore you're not going to get deafened to it and it's going to stay effective over a period of time and you know we've had a lot of them in the water for years and years so and those uh,
0: frequencies are
3: pushed out underwater yeah that's right yeah it sits underneath typically in a, in a fish farm pen you'll sit near the bottom of that and i'll broadcast those sounds and it feels kind of obvious to me but i realize I should probably say it um, you know the fish don't hear that it's uh, it's, about, it's above <laughs> their hearing range so it's not something that's going to impact them in any
1: way so we will get to what you presented on yesterday how long roughly has this underwater technology been you said years roughly how long it's been successful and it's
3: still actively being used when, yeah. when was it invented yeah good question seven plus years ago uh, we've okay. definitely had it in the water for a, so that's longer that the, longer than that
1: was that probably the first innovative technology that ace Aquatech came up with
3: yeah that's definitely the first product we had and, okay. and we've kind of developed on the back of that as well so we also heard you know that's a much better solution to what was existing in the market But there are some sites where people know there might be cetacean species in the area. So they're looking to make sure that those creatures don't get impacted.
0: Because they're super sensitive to the different frequencies, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, But we know what frequencies those are. So we then developed a low frequency device that operates below their hearing range. So it can either be between one and two kilohertz or one and five, we can vary it depending on the situation and yeah so we have that device now if you've got cetacean species in the area we can have something that they also won't hear and won't be impacted by so cool so for folks who may
0: you know we go through this with a lot of our guests but we have a lot of listeners that are in the industry they understand a lot of stuff that we're talking about we also have some folks who are just interested in learning more about seafood and stuff uh, who might not understand everything that we're talking about and so when we say predator deterrence basically at fish farms you know there's a lot of issues with things like seabirds and seals and cetaceans, whales and dolphins and stuff like that, that come and try to eat the fish in your cage. And that's not really helpful if you're trying to grow and sell those fish. <laughs> so predator deterrents are things like what we were talking about, different frequencies, sounds that are push- pushed out into the water or into the air. Some people put big lines across the top of their cages so birds can't fly down in there. They get confused. They can't figure out how to get in there. Things like that keeps the predators away from your fish. The problem with it is, is it humane? Is it not humane? Are there regulations around it? And, and it's kind of this constantly evolving field of trying to figure out what the best way to do this is that's going to be effective but is also not going to uh, damage the the animals or the ecosystem things like that so to catch people up now another thing when it comes to humane practices is handling of the fish in the farm itself you need to handle the fish for a lot of reasons for size grading or you know what are some of the other va- vaccinations you'll you know, that's another reason that we would do that. And when you handle these fish, you talked about it in your talk, I'm going to let you get into it. It causes a lot of stress on the fish, which can affect the quality, the yeah. quality of the flesh, their overall health, survivability, growth, everything like that. So can you get a little bit into some of the reasons that you decided to come up with? You guys, you, you, Ace aquatec decided to come up with uh, this new innovation.
3: Yeah, sure. What I'm going to do is maybe answer a bit more of the previous question based on something you just put in my head there. You know, I'm very much new to the seafood industry myself compared to a lot of the people that are at an event like this who've been in it for maybe you know 20 or 30 years mm. and so you know it's still quite fresh in my mind some of my, my first visits out to farm sites visits speaking to these farmers and i think when when you don't work in the industry or you're just maybe someone that just eats seafood like probably the vast majority of people that interact with any of the produce in this area it could be easy to feel quite detached from maybe some of the farmers and what maybe their motivations are and what's important to them and you know what struck me is i was going out to these farms and i'm, I'm talking to them about things that help keep Seals and sea lions away from their sites, and one of the things that's so prominent, you know, they they want things that mean they don't impact the seals there. You know, what they want things to help them protect the areas that yep. they work with, and I think all or most of the countries we work in. There's either laws or regulations and things that actually help protect the seals in those areas. Right. Things like
0: the Marine Mammal Protection Act and stuff like that. There's regulations in place for a lot of those. Yeah, for sure. So
3: what we're doing is really, it's just like giving them another tool in the arsenal that helps keep their sites safe. You know, part of what they'll be doing is things like they will having their own netting in place. They'll have physical protections as well. So they're doing everything they can to avoid having those interactions in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, they they don't want that. They're they're like any farmer. They're someone that's actually working with with animals and, you know, they actually, you know, they really want the best for what's happening there. to their question now so yeah, I yeah. put that instance in, over can yeah no no worries
0: uh, I just I, you know you, you gave a great talk I'm sure we'll have it on video I think they videotaped every talk so we, hopefully at some point we'll be able to link to it I don't know when those videos will be ready but when you presented your technology for this innovation award you gave a great talk talking about why this is necessary and you showed some examples of uh, fish being graded for was it was that just grading or was that for haul out or
3: yeah so what that is uh, easiest way I often find to talk about um how in-water electric stunning works is just to show a before and an after. <laughs> Um, so before they're using that and after it's been installed and beforehand if you're going through a harvest process you'll be pumping fish out from say a boat straight out of the water onto a boat that might be harvested there and when you're harvesting the fish there'll be an element where they're out of the water before they're processed before it's either they're, they're, they're bled uh, or whatever process they're going through whether it's straightly onto ice and there's a great potential for stress there and we looked at that and thought like this stunning process the moment when you stun the fish before killing it it can be really stressful for them But it doesn't need to be. So what could we do to address that? And when we had that idea in our head, and again, the sort of wider we, not necessarily me in person, but when we looked at that problem, we saw a couple of different solutions we could do there. We'd seen people moving towards electric stunning in the past. Right.
0: And and you, you referred to that as dry electric stunning.
3: Yeah. So with dry electric stunning, it uses electricity to render the fish unconscious, which in some ways you'd say is similar to what we do. But with dry electric stunning, you've got something that physically touches the fish. There'll be generally a metal paddle or multiple metal paddles will touch the fish as they pass through. And it's called dry because they are essentially removed from the water as that's happening. And that's undoubtedly, you know, a big step forward from other methods, whether it's putting fish directly into ice or in, in any other way. So Yeah, cold-stunning
0: cold, or... Do people still use MS-222? Do you know? I
3: think <laughs> if, if, if you're asking the question, you're know, like, do people still use it? There's a good chance some That's people somewhere not, still use it, yeah. but n- not the customers we're working with. Okay.
0: And I, I think it's more uh, to put them to sleep to do measuring and stuff like that. But
3: yeah, okay. so in terms of your grading, I think there is some element or for vaccinations, there'll be different types of anesthetics used. I can't really claim to be an expert in it. And to be honest, right, you, there's right. a good chance you might know more than me on that front. In terms of... Well, the, I, I haven't done anything with
0: that since college. So <laughs> well, we're going to interview you after this interview, Yeah, Sean, <laughs>
1: yeah
3: okay. Yeah, so... In terms of comparison to say dry electric stunning uh, what we do is we don't remove the fish from the water so we have a pipeline which has electrodes installed in it which in a really basic way is just a metal coating around the inside of the pipe so nothing actually touches the fish and then when they're flowing through the water in less than one second they're unconscious and the important thing which you know a lot of people do ask us is when they see the fish come out of this pipeline and they're still and not moving and we tell them they're still alive you know the heart's still beating they ask us, you know, are they genuinely unconscious or are they just frozen and can't move? You know, one of those is good for welfare, one of them is not. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I didn't
0: even I honestly did not even think of that, but that's a that's an interesting.
3: Yeah, so what we've done there is we actually done some EEG tests where essentially you're monitoring the brainwaves of the fish to understand what is genuinely happening um, inside their head, so to speak. And yeah, we've confirmed that they genuinely are unconscious, not just a mobile, which for us, as we're doing this from a welfare point of view, not just to make things easier for the right. people in the factory. That was the most important aspect of us when we were doing this
0: well to make it easier i mean if you wanted to make it easier you could just put them through a machine that just smacks them in the head and then they're not moving
3: you know one thing i found
1: really interesting during your presentation was how customizable the piping that you're referring to oh yeah is. that was cool and you could put them you showed uh pictures of them on boats and, and, and in facilities and... and on barges and that to me is just amazing he like, really did think of everything
3: yeah thanks i mean in terms of flexibility it is one of the things that comes up quite often when we're speaking to people one of the designs i showed was uh, a barge in greece where someone had said you know we've got this two meter by two meter space can can you do something and i think it was a case of the guy designers kind of saying okay well give us a minute with a pen and paper and we'll try and figure something out and yes. yeah And it did (laughs) true engineers
0: that that's the kind of stuff that's the kind of dream work that an an engineer wants to do because you get to be creative and you get to solve these problems it was really really cool to see all the different different ways that you can do that and I think this, it's we need to get this information out there because I think it's something that a lot of people that are not working in the industry and don't understand how any of this stuff works, they'll see something like this and they'll see the fish getting sucked through the tubes and it's usually a, a negative connotation towards those kind of things. But I think the technology has improved so much that doing this in the way that we're doing it is the absolute most humane way to work with these fish. And people don't understand that. They think that it's actually worse than you know netting them out or something, and it's uh, be- because it's not something that they understand, and people are afraid of technology.
1: Well, there's two types of consumers: the ones who are asking the questions and, and hoping that the fish that's on their plate, you know, went through whether it was a certification or uh, some sort of regulatory process, so that it was humanely raised, and then initially slaughtered, I guess, is what you would call it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other consumers who probably just don't want to know, they just try to be oblivious to what happened. Just, you know, it's like eating chicken. I don't want to know what the process was. I just
0: want to eat my chicken. As long as I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it yeah, 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 will yeah, make me yeah. sick, then I'm happy.
1: And maybe I'm missing some type, but I, I, I think that more and more people are, are asking those questions. People are considering the the welfare of the fish that they're eating. and So we have answers if people want to seek it out yeah i think um my ramblings threw everyone off I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry I, felt, I felt encouraged to join in though. i was just distracted
0: by how good looking you are
1: oh, thanks <laughs> india brings out the best to me yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you do look very tan thanks
3: uh, yeah where was i going <laughs> <laughs>
2: All i
3: feel you. i had a serious point but i definitely lost it <laughs> um, yeah what i was going to say was that i think yeah like there's so much more focus like you were saying on on welfare from consumers now from anyone that's consuming seafood there's there's always gonna be some people who who don't care and you just want whether it's the cheapest product or the most convenient one. But for the majority of people it feels like and you know, myself included, there's a lot more focus on you know where my food's coming from, yep. what kind of standards there are. And I think some people, you know, if you want to look at farmers and think, I believe farmers are doing they want to do the best things for their animals, then you'll see, yeah, that, that's that's great. And I can fully believe that they'll pick the best welfare standards, they'll pick the best processes. But even if you're going to be or if you're inclined to be a bit more cynical and think, actually, people just want to make money, they just want to to get the more money out of their fish, that's what they're focused on. Well, as much as it sounds quite silly, happier fish or tastier fish, you know, if, if you have less stress, less stress in that process uh, that you can get. Then the actual tastier the fishes, you have a better product. So even if you think these farmers are absolute cynical monsters that are just trying to get the most bang for their buck, uh, it's you've it's treated in their the fish best interests. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the point that I generally use uh, when I have conversations. I think a lot of people who aren't seeking the knowledge about where their food comes from, or is there any certification, or all this stuff, the people who don't look into that stuff, the one thing that they tend to think about when it comes to proteins is the chickens that are crowded in the tiny little cages and they show the the videos from PETA of the pigs that are like you know the the very unpleasant videos that get go viral um and so when they think about fish farming it's the same thing they they only focus on animal welfare because it's what they know and it's an easy thing to go to and I've pointed that out as well. It's like, okay, if you look at something like that, and I'm sure it's the same with terrestrial proteins as well, there is very little benefit to treating your animals that way because if you treat your animals well, they're going to be healthier, they're going to be happier, they're going to have less stress, and you're going to get a better product. That's just literally how the biology (laughs) works with these animals. If they're healthy and taken care of, then the end product is going to be better quality. And so people want the best quality To sell it at the highest price. So whichever way you're coming at it from, if you think the farmer really cares about the welfare of the animals, or if you really think that they just want to make as much money as possible, then they're going to strive to have the best practices in regards to animal welfare.
3: And
2: I think as long as they are having those best practices, that's what matters at the end of the day. Like Even if they are, this might be unpopular, but even if they are just out to make money, at least they're doing the right thing and treating mm-hmm. the animals well.
0: Yeah, it's those are the people that I have more disgust for with their business practices than their
2: yes, than their growing practices I because totally I
0: think it behooves a, a good businessman that wants to be successful. It behooves them to have good practices with the farming, what they do afterwards, with their interpersonal relationships between other businesses and things like that. That's where that's I think some people... That's a different, different topic. I'm different not, podcast I'm episode. not qualified to talk, <laughs> on, uh, talk about that. But, you know, I think... I don't know where I'm going with that. So, underwater stunning. Is that...
1: What is, did I say that wrong? In-water electric stunning. In-water electric stunning is relatively new, but it's... Through your presentation, it's clearly in active use. So, the company's located in Scotland, but how far out are you building and sending these in-water electric stunners... We should eight. write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I just need to sign Why is that I so just
0: difficult for us to keep in our minds? I don't know. I need to work on our branding, clearly. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I, we just abbreviate it? Yeah, can we... Uh... <laughs> in, in water, I-W-E-S-I-W-S mm, Maybe, we'll see <laughs> So I guess I have two
1: questions One is how long has this been actively in use And how widespread
3: is it? So in terms of the technology um, We've actually had some prototypes in use for quite a number of years Going back, I would say probably maybe even four or five years From the first iterations Okay, and Still very new Yes. Yeah. So comparatively, yeah. If you're thinking about the history of of, of farming or even fish farming, you know, yeah. it's it's very new in terms of uh, how long it's been available there. So even if you go back, say, four or five years, we've had this this technology out there, which was being refined and worked upon to make sure we find the right settings, the right way of building it, and then also making it work with different species. Mm-hmm. We have had. Oh and I
1: right. want to I want to come back to that different species piece because that was another thing I took. We'll we'll get to that because I also thought that was cool.
3: Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah, we've had for about four or five years we've had the actual core technology out there you know working in some early adopting farms mostly in scotland scottish salmon farms we started in scotland so some of our earliest customers there scottish sea farms uh, in particular have been really great partners on this they've been really focused on just finding the latest technology that they can to improve their operation, improve their welfare standards and you know they're really open to working with people who are doing something a little bit different to try and achieve that. So they've got a couple of our in-water electric stunners and they've had them there for a number of years. We're very far afield now and in terms of where we've got installations done at the moment, we've got ones in Alaska, in Chile, we've got ones in New Zealand, Germany, Switzerland, a couple on boats in Denmark, in Japan, I'm pretty confident I've probably missed a few. Um, yeah, that's but there's definitely that's quite pretty widespread out. though. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. That's, 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 that's amazing great because that's not a lot of time
0: for to to spread that wide. That's really that's pretty cool.
3: I think some of the you know the, the videos we talked about earlier, where you see this before and after, you know, when we go to events, I to be honest, don't do much more other than put that on a TV screen and just people look at it and go, okay, how can I do that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I love so show people
0: that. Well, especially the the last video that you showed, where you put them both together side by side, really shows the impact. I mean, that's a big difference.
1: Well, yeah. that's powerful in itself because people naturally look at those videos side by side and say, that fish doesn't look happy. And I, would, I can't say that a stun fish looks happy, but it's definitely calm. It's and definitely not, not stressed. Yeah, it's, it's not flopping all around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk about species that can go through this system. And the way you described it, I believe, in your presentation was you built it for the biggest type of species, which means when it's built, it's not specific to, say, salmon, which is one of the larger farmed fish species out there, but any species can utilize this. Yeah.
3: So what we'll do is we'll we'll ask ask the customer, you know, what kind of fish are they farming? What fish might be able to go through it? And one of the questions we'll also ask is what's the biggest size of fish they might have Mm -hmm. go through it? Mm -hmm. And we'll design the pipeline to fit that. Because some facilities may have different species. Yeah, so so there's one we work with in Germany and they have sea bass and sea bream, but they also have yellowtail going through that as well. Mm-hmm. So what they get the benefit of is having one system that can process any of their fish. Um, and we just make sure that we build it to fit whatever the biggest one that's gonna go through yeah, it is. Yep. One of the customers we work with in Scotland, they typically have maybe six to seven kilogram salmon going through the system. But we had built it this was one of our early systems when we built it a bit bigger just to make sure it could handle anything going through and just due to some unforeseen plans in their harvesting operation they actually had some very large fish going through i think they were actually up to about 12 or 13 kilogram salmon and they said they they physically wouldn't have been able to handle those fish if they weren't coming out and still calm and unconscious that's that's such a huge
0: loss if they can't yeah absolutely those fish like if they in the process of doing that they they ruin the the product that's That's a big, big difference. I want to, before we mo- actually, I have something in my head that I, I want to get out and I don't know if it's even feasible, but while we're talking about Scotland, you're from Scotland.
3: Yes. Can you and- tell by my accent? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, I know yeah. what you're going to say because
0: yes. I was going to say it, but go ahead. Um, you, you're from Scotland. Your company's from Scotland. A lot of this started out in Scotland. Scotland is our outside of the U.S., our biggest listener base in the world. We have more listeners from Scotland than we do in any other country besides the U.S. And so I want to give a shout out to Scotland. (laughs) We love you. We love your your country, and I would love to see if at some point we could go out to Scotland and record some episodes out there, meet with some of the listeners. And if we were to go out to Scotland, if it, would anyone be interested in coming and talking with us? That's what I want to know. So, listeners, also
2: Justin and I are both Scottish.
0: I'm Scottish too, a little bit.
2: All three of us. Clan coming. Wow. Yeah.
0: So we we have to go. It was pretty much what yeah. We, would say we want to go out to Scotland, and I and I want to know what the interest would be if anyone would want to come and talk to us and do maybe a little meet and greet and and talk seafood. So let us know. Podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or find us on Twitter at aquademiapod.
3: Nailed it. I can definitely officially extend the invite. So you're very welcome. You want to record some episodes in our office in Dundee in Scotland, and I'm pretty sure you'll get some willing people out on the. The West Coast as well, from the farms that are based out there.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I know. I know uh, we want to. Um, we would want to check out Sterling if we were there. The aquaculture university. Yeah, the the university out there, and uh, a couple other places that we've kind of scoped out we haven't planned a trip but we really want to get out there so we're looking um, for sponsors <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> if anyone wants to, to fly us out there I'd be more than happy um, no but seriously but seriously I, I'd love to get out there and, and I want to thank our listeners in Scotland for being so supportive because we do have a lot of listeners out there and we really yeah, appreciate it
3: sure well, given your next annual conference is in Tokyo you need to plan the one after that pretty quickly mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just saying
0: p- plant hint, that hint. seed yeah. Oh, yeah, plant that well we were in Ireland two years ago so I don't know if it's another reason why it. we should
1: go so we can just kind of scope out you know a good spot so that's for, probably for gold is,
2: yeah. Yeah. yes two birds with one stone for yeah.
0: sure yeah. for sure so you were talking about different size fish and and all the different species that you can do and i for some reason got in my head and i like i said i don't know if this is even feasible or if this is just a stupid stupid idea in your no, mind humans
1: can't go through the pipes
0: <laughs> can we put justin <laughs> through one of these and see what it does to him um no go with me here Do you think there would ever be a possibility in the future to be able to rig one of these machines to be used in wild fisheries on fisheries boats to eliminate or, you know, reduce stress from the moment that the fish are captured to bring being brought on board, you know, with the the lifting of the nets and everything? Is there a way that this could be rigged on like the side of one of these fishing vessels to basically suck the fish out of the nets? and stun them as they're entering the boat to reduce stress what is what do you have has anyone thought about that yeah the first one can i get credit for that no (laughs) (laughs) i
3: I can as soon as i take credit for a lot of this you can definitely take some of my credit as soon as okay (laughs) Um, Yes, Just know that we
0: have this recorded. I'll (laughs) timestamp it.
3: Yeah, so when we're talking about wildcatch fisheries, it's something that's really prominent from the retailers we speak to. It's really prominent from the consumers that I know they're hearing from as well. And it's something that we've looked at in a lot of detail over the last year. The setup for our electric stunning, regardless of whether it's an aquaculture setup or wildcatch, it's actually very similar. So we've actually done some designs for real high-volume systems that can be fitted on wildcatch vessels. So we've got some that are doing about two hundred tons per hour. That we're speaking to a couple of people just now about getting installed on vessels. And I think if we were to talk by this time next year, probably have some you know new videos to show you in that space as well.
0: Excellent. Well, that makes me feel better. I thought that may have been a far-fetched idea, but I'm kind of glad that. Could you yeah, name that's the, really Could exciting. you name that specific device, the Olaflin?
3: The
1: Olaf—that's a hard one. <laughs>
0: that's harder than in-water electric stunning. Although maybe not from Scotland, because you know they're used to names like that. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. Yeah, don't bother. When you no, go back, gonna... be like, well, I have a couple ideas of what we could call this. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I really think that, you know, I everyone, a lot, not everyone, a lot of people are still of the mindset of wild caught is better than farmed for a lot of reasons. And, you know, we're trying to eliminate that mentality and bring everyone together and just say, just eat seafood. I don't care where it comes from as long as it's sustainable. But there's just as many points in that fish's, in the end of that fish's life as it's being caught. Where they're gonna ex- experience extreme stress, overcrowding in the nets, and then the hauling up, and they're out of water for a lot. Of, and a lot of these fishing nets, they just go from the water and into an ice slurry, or sometimes just in a big bucket on the boat for a little bit until they're uh, until they're sorted. So there's a lot of stress in that too. So I'm, you know, I I really think that it would be a really innovative technology for wild fisheries as well. So I think that's yeah, cool. I
3: agree. I think in terms of wild wildcatch fisheries, what's probably most encouraging for me is that you know we're not the ones that are necessarily having to go and feel like we're chasing these people down. We're actually having them come to us and say, we're looking for ways to improve this. We're looking for ways to make our operation better from a welfare perspective. Yeah. Can you help us do that? And That's we, because
0: regardless of what the practices are, whether that fish is wild caught or farmed, it's the same thing. A stressed fish is not going to be, the quality is not going to be as good as a, as a healthy fish that has less stress. I love it. I'm excited.
2: So, what is next for Ace Aquatech? What's on the horizon for you guys? The Laughlin. didn't you? The O'Loughlin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't have that ring, you know? <laughs> it really it just, doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. It, uh, sales
1: have plummeted. <laughs> uh,
0: I love one
3: really passionate salesperson, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm more of a, uh, you know endorser. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what's next for us? Uh, our main product that we're working on at the moment, and we have a few things in the pipeline. But what's most No prominent? pun intended Just saying <laughs> Pun, yeah. oh, pun absolutely <laughs> intended oh, I'm so disappointed I didn't notice that <laughs> yeah, You're gonna You know what Every time
0: you talk About this now And you bring that word up You're gonna think of this And you're gonna make That pun as often <laughs> yeah, as you yeah. can
3: Oh, you, y- you have no idea How many times There's some sort of News headline Or something that's like Scottish Ace Company Does well Or Scottish Company Comes up aces <laughs> again Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Stunning success <laughs> oh, oh my god
2: Wow That's a good You have one. a lot of so, many, potential so puns. many
0: dads out there writing articles <laughs> just dad jokes on dad jokes well hopefully one comes out with the pipeline pun I it
3: very appreciative for all the press coverage so, yeah. so yeah. don't yeah. necessarily but, stop doing
1: yeah, that know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. you
0: know what I haven't heard enough puns about Ace Aquatex <laughs> so keep them coming people we need more <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, so I think where I was going before I got slightly distracted <laughs> was the latest product we're working on is a 3D biomass camera. And one of the biggest okay. problems fish farms will have is understanding the weight of the fish they've got in their in their pens. So if you're going to harvest a fish, there's a couple of problems that can come up when you're doing that. If a retailer might say to you, I need X number of six kilogram fish and you deliver them fish that are on average 6.1 kilograms instead of 6, what can happen then is you've essentially wasted feed. And so from a financial point of view, feed is the biggest investment they're going to have in their business. Yep, absolutely. And from an environmental point of view, you don't want any extra feed going out there that doesn't need to be. If you're delivering them, say, on average 5.9 kilograms instead of 6 kilogram fish, you are then going to have, to say, offer refunds, you're going to have an unhappy customer. Um, So either way, you want to have an accurate idea of what fish you've got in your pens so you know what to offer people and what to promise. Yep. challenges at the moment is the technologies that exist out there. You're either doing it by hand, which is very time-consuming, and you're getting a very small sample size, and therefore accuracy is a problem. Or the different technology solutions out there at the moment also have challenges with accuracy, with the time it takes to get those measurements, and just the fact that you're also, again, op- usually operating with quite a small sample. So what we've developed is a real 3D camera that uses time-of-flight imaging. And the way I tend to describe it to people, which is the way I would understand it, is I usually ask people if they've ever played, say, an Xbox before, And you get an Xbox Kinect that sits under your TV, and you can move around, you can dance in front of it, and it tracks your movement. That's using time-of-flight imaging technology. It has a red laser light that sends out like a beam, hits something, comes back, and then gives you a wireframe 3D model of that object that it saw in front of it. Hmm. Now, for 3D cameras, the red laser light doesn't work well underwater. So what our teams have done is they developed a version of of time-of-flight imaging that uses the green-blue laser spectrum and works underwater so with our xbox connect for fish what we're able to do (laughs) um is track the size of those fish in a highly detailed way in a much quicker way than anything else and again if i try to think about it in the most simple ways possible if i'm trying to describe it in ways again that resonate in my mind right yeah the real difference between that and anything else that exists from a 2d camera is it's the difference between being able to tell a big fish that's far away from the camera, and a small fish that's close to the camera. When you have a 3D camera, you know the difference. When you have a 2D camera, even if you're combining 2D cameras into something stereoscopic, there's still an element of having to almost take that or estimate what that 3D image looks like. So, yeah. That's it was fascinating. 3D, you have... Wow. That's super cool.
2: That is really cool it's and uh, very necessary, especially because the cameras don't function very well underwater. It seems like a very logical practical thing to be working on
0: i've seen footage from the underwater cameras in these cages and i don't know how people are able to get any useful information from it it's right. just you're just watching a video of fish <laughs> you know it's really difficult to yes
3: so with with this as well plus i did mention earlier is that you, know, you don't need to monitor it it's not something that you're sitting watching the fish it's something right. that's then put into a computer it calculates on that and other things that exist in the market might be something like like a frame, a system that sits in the water. looks like a big picture frame, essentially. And then you're waiting on fish swimming through that. To swim through it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've seen those, yeah. And so what'll happen with those is you'll get a sample, but fish don't tend to like swimming through it. They'll just avoid it. You know, they'll just not bother. And so you'll get quite a skewed sample of often the bigger fish will go through, and then you're almost guesstimating or estimating Mm. the actual weight. With our system, the way the camera works, you're actually capturing 200 images every second, so you're getting thousands and thousands of images of everything around you, and then we're just adding them up And then what will happen is within, say, a day, you know, you can get that measurement rather than having to have something in the cage permanently. Right. You know, you can leave it in there if you want that constant understanding of that that pen, or you can move it around from site to site. And we have people that, you know, saying they want to do both. That seems more practical because fish don't
1: grow that fast so what you, you have your general average weight in one spot move it to the next
0: and has anyone done any studies on the effects of the laser the blue green lasers on the fish it's like not, it's not visible right you can't see it it's yeah it's not, not
3: something that's going to impact on the fish you okay. know we, what we've done is we've had it in the uh, had it in the pens we've had it in test environments and we monitor to see if there's any uh, you know behavioral reactions to that being in there and there will often be an element of fish taking, getting used to something new being in their surroundings, yeah. but we've not found any impact. They'll uh, peck to at it so a little to
0: see what's in, what it is. And then uh, I don't
3: think there's been any pecking oh, so to speak good. yet. <laughs> they're looking for the controller
0: because they want to play a game. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> trying to look through what games you got on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they might be dancing. No yeah. Tetris. <laughs> yeah, there was that one time that one fish was doing Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> that's super cool. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of that too. Not as excited as the Olaflin, but I'm excited to see. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I do think that's going to be really helpful because I know that's a, a pain point for a lot of farmers is trying to know what's in their cages. So, anything else you
1: guys have? No, we're just, again, we're just looking for sponsors so we can go to Scotland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Mike, thanks so much for joining us and congratulations yes, again. It's congratulations a big deal. again. You should be very proud. Ace Aquatex should be very proud and big keep it you up because you guys are making.
3: You're making waves. I'm <laughs> oh, <laughs> gonna get that on the website. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, re, it's really nice to be on with you. You know, I, I do listen to the podcast, and I think you guys do a very good job in terms of just the quality of everything you produce. So it's really nice to be a part of that. And the, the, the conference Thank here, you, yeah. just seeing what maybe 500 people, leaders in the seafood industry, and actually getting to be part of something that they're, you know, t- they're listening to, they're voting on, they're actually offering opinions on. It's yeah, it's really nice to be recognized by that sort of crowd, as opposed to maybe even just you know one or two people sitting in a room deciding um, you know who's going to win something. Yeah,
2: right.
0: Yeah, for sure. I like how we how we do the voting with the presentations and everything because it allows you to see what's going on out out in the industry as well. Did you go to the gala last night? I did go to the gala. Yeah. Did yeah. you have fun? Did you stay as late as we did?
3: I don't have a, much of a voice. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> um, yeah. Despite the fact that I'm coughing a little bit, um, no, I wasn't there that late. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how late you guys were, but I, I was late enough to see people start dancing. I know there's some interesting stuff going on there, but... <laughs> yeah,
0: we got roped into that. We were, we were dancing until they shut it down, pretty much. Uh, yeah,
1: what was different uh, in India that doesn't happen in the United States is when they do Last Call, they at least flick the lights on and then off, but they just left them on for the last like two songs, which was disappointing because you lose the lose the groove. Yeah. Yeah
0: you lose, you threw off my groove. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, yeah, I was
3: just enjoying the food. I think so far, India is the only country I've been to that, funnily enough, has more Indian food than Scotland. Yes, yeah, so we, we do like our Indian food, so it was yeah, a good place really. to be. Yeah, it's interesting.
2: Food's been interesting. very good here.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm ready for a cheeseburger. I'm not crazy about Indian food. Well, yeah, that's why my voice is like this, by the way, because it was super loud and we were yelling to each other the whole time but we had fun. This conference is a blast. And like you said, it's a giant collection of some of the best minds in the industry. So we're also very proud to be a part of this. And yep. we're glad that you were able to join us today and um, welcome to the we community. We will most likely
1: have you back on as these new innovative projects that you're working on come to fruition. So yeah, we'll find you exciting. when we go to Scotland. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes. And we'll, we'll see you soon.
3: When we launch the Laughlin, just uh, let me know and we we'll, yeah, we can interview you. Perfect. Yeah,
1: I'll come back. <laughs> you <by>.
0: interview Sean. <laughs> I love it. I'll bring the equipment, though. It's kind of what I do. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much again. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
3: Yeah, if you just go to www.aceaquatech.com, Which we um, will link to in the show notes. Yes. Yeah, that'd be perfect. I think, um, you know, we go to a lot of these industry events and anyone that's in scotland we're always keen to hear from people there but further afield we find ourselves you know a lot more around the world so hopefully meet a few more faces as well great awesome well thanks everyone for listening
0: i hope you enjoyed our conversation and we'll talk to you next time see you later thanks mike Folks, that was our conversation with Mike Forbes from Ace Aquatech, recorded at Goal in Chennai, India. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you got a lot out of it. Check out their website; we'll have links to their website in the show notes. It was pretty cool to be able to sit down with him. We I think we had a lot in common. We have uh, well, he loves podcasts. He Vermont. loves podcasts, yep. yeah. And you know, like we said in the episode, we have a lot of listeners in Scotland. Yep. And uh, he's one of them, and we really appreciated all the kind words that he had to say about it. the show yep. and
1: sponsor our trip to get out to, uh, to Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget that. And,
0: and again. Again, <laughs> yeah, if anyone, you know, I, w- I would love to hear from listeners in Scotland if you would like to have us come out there and, and do some recording and do some meet and greet, kind of get to know you guys a little bit. If that's something that you would be interested in meeting up with us about, let us know and we'll see if we can start planning that trip. Yeah, I'm also excited to, to see future innovative
1: projects that come down the line through Ace Aquatech. There's a lot of cool things in the works. Yeah, for it's sure. Going to be exciting
0: to see. Some of our most popular episodes are the seafood innovation episodes, and I'm sure this will be no different. I'm sure this is going to be really popular as yeah. well. So we're gonna, you know, we want to continue to do this. You know, when the O'Loughlin comes out, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do, we'll probably do it again. But yeah, we we want to do more innovation episodes because I think it's really neat to talk about some of the advancements in this in the industry. So. So thank you very much. Again, like we mentioned in the beginning, you can reach out to us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or find us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. Leave us a voicemail at 1-603-384-3560. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao.